0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining another Lead Hership Global episode. We're so glad that all of you were able to join us today, and I have the privilege and honor of speaking with Dr. Noor Ali. She's a Bangladesh-American medical doctor, and today we're going to talk about healthcare benefits, how your healthcare benefits can actually help you attract and retain top talent did you know that according to the Kaiser Foundation, about 49% of the country's total population receive group health insurance? That's health benefits that are actually provided by the employer. The remaining 51% actually have to figure out their own healthcare coverage on their own. I got to tell you, that can be a tricky slope to navigate, especially when you're trying to navigate the evolving regulations all around state laws. You know, the ACA made sweeping changes to the industry in 2008, but that's only created pools of beneficiaries, not necessarily widespread solutions. So having the support and guidance of a professional advocate in the field can make all the difference to a positive research experience. And as a business owner, a business founder, with the rapidly growing and scaling business, how can you offer the kinds of benefits that actually attract and retain top talent? How can you afford health benefits for a rapidly expanding workforce? And how can you make smart choices for your employees and for your business? Today, we'll speak with Dr. Nora Ali. She's a Bangladeshi-American medical doctor who champions the way business owners and business founders create options for their employees. And she creates really fresh perspectives on health insurance options from an insider's lens. So today is going to be a power pack conversation. And I am so excited to introduce all of you to Dr. Noor. As I said, she's a Bangladeshi-American medical doctor from New York City determined to bridge the gap between patients and health insurance services through education, information, and empowerment. She currently runs her own health insurance consulting practice serving business owners and business founders literally all over the nation. Dr. Norick get this, actually offers her consultations at no charge. With the medical education and training from Bangladesh, she is an award-winning global experience expert in public health, understanding the healthcare system. And in fact, that's just a facet of her incredible repertoire. Her latest research publication in the Journal of American College Health shines light on the topic of stark lack of infertility services for women that are seeking higher education in universities all across America. I gotta tell you, Dr. Noor is a phenomenally inspiring leader and she prides herself on being an international doctor, a patient advocate for healthcare services, as well as a first time mom. Dr. Noor, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Linda, for that fabulous introduction. i um, humbled to be here and among the amazing lineup of guests that you have that give so much value to this community. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We're so excited to dive into this timely and really important topic. You know, to kick off the discussion, though, I'd love to step back and hear about what really led you to have such passion around helping business owners and business founders navigate health insurance options and you do all of that for free. So what drives you?
1: Yeah, well, thank you. It's an industry I definitely fell into. You know, I never uh, had this passion for going to medical school and then selling insurance uh, afterwards. So that's definitely not the trajectory that I had planned. Uh, But, you know, the universe works out in in different ways. And I'm so glad that I'm here. And prior to being an expert in health insurance, I was just like everyone else. You know, they don't teach you health insurance in medical school. So when I had experiences utilizing my health, Health insurance policy. um, I mean, I was uh, embarrassed. I was ashamed. I didn't know what a deductible was. You know, I went to um, an appointment in the first beginning of the year. I remember in January, I remember looking and gawking at a bill, like, why is this not covered? And when someone, when a representative tried to explain to me, well, you just, the year just started, you haven't met your deductible, I was uh, infuriated just because I didn't understand. And I'm like, well, this sucks, you know, Uh, not really understanding. Uh, anything really about health insurance? I went from that, which is what what a lot of my clients experience, to really trying to grasp and understand the industry. And now, you know, the stigma around health insurance being, um, you know, scammy or all the negative connotations. I no longer feel that, and I have the tools to uh, share my knowledge and empower others to understand health insurance. I
0: love that story, and thank you for being yeah. so transparent and so authentic around you know, the journey that you've been on from not really understanding health insurance at all to now being a true expert and helping others navigate what can be a very complicated, very difficult area to to understand and to make smart choices around. So Nor, why is health insurance so expensive? It seems so complicated, so difficult to decipher and what can entrepreneurs or business owners or business founders especially of small but growing thriving businesses what can they do to make smart choices for their employees but also for their business
1: Yes. Thank you so much for asking. And that's an interesting question when, when you ask uh, or, you know, anyone asks, well, why is it so darn expensive? You have to think about who is asking that question, because if you ask um, um, a low income you know person or family in America, health insurance for them is actually free, you know, Medicaid is free. But you ask a business owner, someone who is earning over 50, 60K, uh, you know, a six figure family in America and health insurance for them can be very, very expensive. And my response to that is you're just not looking in the right place. Health insurance can be affordable for absolutely everyone if you just know where to do your research. Um, and the way that you know the the industry that the way it's designed, the, the type of capitalistic economy that we're at, if you start Googling for options for yourself, you're just gonna get the company that has the most marketing dollars to spend on ads is the one that's gonna come up in your feed and they're gonna say, well, we're the best option for you. And that just might not necessarily be the case. So the answer to that is health insurance is expensive if you're looking in the wrong place. So there's certainly options out there. You just have to know um, where to look. And uh, first of all, understand your situation. Evaluate um, how much are you bringing in? Should you get an income-based plan versus a health-based plan? What are the options in your state? And are there any options outside of your state that you could access and potentially use? So it's a whole uh, world out there and it's an entire profession and it's very unrealistic to expect a layman to just know and understand and pick the the right and best plan for them. Because oftentimes they're not, they're just not looking at the right place because they don't have the resources to.
0: That's right. And for most people who are business owners, business founders, or they're in the C-suite, of a large corporation and they're responsible for navigating this very complicated maze of health insurance, it can be complicated. It can be difficult to decipher. So what are some of the options for health insurance for business owners and how do they know which one to pick, which one is right for them?
1: I would say the answer to that, how do you know which one to pick? Don't attempt to do it by yourself. Work with a professional like myself. You know, there's health insurance is governed by state law, not federal law. So every state is going to have its own regulations around it, which really impact what the companies are allowed to offer their plans and benefits. So where you live actually has everything to do with what options are available to you. Um, and uh, in, in terms of what options are really there, I'll keep it very simple. Uh, from a business owner's perspective, if you have to purchase and research and get health insurance on your own, there's really two places to go, two main spheres. And I'll keep it real simple. Um, option A is going to be your government, state-sponsored healthcare marketplace, also known as healthcare.gov, Obamacare. You know, uh, all of that is uh, you know synonymous, right? Um, and that came about in 2008. But every year we have, you know, different companies pulling in and out of the marketplace, you have to frequently check back and see, is this the right option for me, Um, depending on your company size, you have to see is that the right option for me and the marketplace has a lot of options, but they might just not be the best options for you. Because they uh, sometimes in in certain states, they only offer HMO plans and maybe you don't want to offer your company HMO, maybe your company size is too small to qualify as a small business according to the state definition uh, and you might not be eligible for those plans. So those are all situations where a marketplace plan option A might not be a good fit and that's when we consider option B, which is a plan on the private market. Now, even more, a plethora of options on the private market, because you've got hundreds of different companies offering thousands of different plans. Uh, so again, working with a professional is really going to help you decide uh, with my company's revenue and what my employees really need, the coverage that they need, should I go for a government healthcare marketplace plan, or should I do some research on the private market to see if I can get a better better fit?
0: Thank you for simplifying this into really yeah. two groups two health benefit options really. And underneath those two categories are obviously a lot of different options and opportunities and choices to be made. So, you know, we all know that health benefits, and in fact, any sort of benefit can now be a really important differentiator for employers to be able to attract and retain top talent. We've all heard about the great resignation where, Top talent is actually leaving their corporate jobs, their company positions, and the very rich benefits that sometimes accompany those positions for the opportunity to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner, to be a business founder, or simply to step out of the workforce. So, if I own a business where I'm trying to attract and retain top talent for my business, and that makes all the difference between being able to grow and scale your business or not, adding health benefits or refining my health benefits can be a really important point of differentiation. So in that place where I am an employer and I'm ready to add health benefits for my employees and to help attract and retain the very best talent I can get What are my choices there? How do I go about adding health benefits for employees?
1: Yes, great question. Um, And this is a trend that we're seeing and it's a very timely discussion. So thank you, Linda, for that question. Um, Something that I experience every day and I'll, I'll demonstrate this with a recent example with trends in the past an old school school of thought and what's possible now. So previously, when you have, you know, if you're working for a large corporation, you've got, you know, wonderful benefits. Typically, you get P- access to PPO networks, you have, you know, you know, low co low co-pays, because you're part of this humongous group, this huge conglomerate. And because of that big volume, um, insurance companies can dilute that risk and offer greater benefits. Now, when you pull out of that big group, and now you're talking on an individual level and smaller groups, the risk, of course, changes. And now insurance companies have to decide, well, do we want to take on this risk and how much do we have to charge for it? That's really mainly where the differentiator comes from, the price of the premium and the quality of the coverage and the plan. Now, when you're part of a group, and this is a real example that I've I've, I've gone through, and let's say your, your big employer gives you this amazing plan, it's got great benefits, PPO plan, but you're a young, early 20s male and you don't necessarily need amazing maternity coverage right so that's not really a lucrative offer even though the plan itself can be great but it might not be the best for you so when making that decision to work for a smaller company or startup or even work for yourself um customizing a plan that really serves your employee can make a very 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 big difference so when considering health plans for your employees consider giving them a policy or building them a policy that they actually need and want. And this is something that's very achievable in the private market and something that i do all the time um, i talk to that employee and say hey if you're considering this offer to a smaller company tell me what health insurance benefits you'd like and want do you need a 401k do you need life insurance and some most the times they'll say no i just need a really good health insurance plan My biggest concern is because I have a family history of cancer. I need good coverage there and I'm active in sports. I want to make sure I have good accident coverage. Fantastic. Let's build you that policy. That's going to be exactly what you're looking for. It's actually going to cost your employer less because we're accessing these kind of creative unique ways to access policy versus a cookie cutter amazing plan that has a higher premium but it doesn't you know so because of those reasons it really checks all the boxes and makes all parties happy so my advice to um you know the C suite or who's whoever looking for um, uh, coverage for employees talk to your employees find out what they need if it's possible give them custom individual policies they'll be so much happier and they'll stay with you longer and you'll you'll pay less out of pocket uh, for not having a bigger group policy.
0: That makes so much sense, Nora. And I bet you a lot of employers out there didn't even know that was possible because you're right. You often hear from employees, you know, I'm healthy. I don't want to pay this much for health insurance. So what are my options in that place? So, I love the idea that if a business owner, a business founder, an entrepreneur, or a C-suite executive has a workforce that's extraordinarily young, that's really healthy, vibrant, maybe he has a, or she has a workforce of folks just out of school, they may not really want to pay a lot for health insurance, right they're young, they're vibrant, they're starting families, they're starting their their career path and so knowing how your employee base, how your workforce, what that demographic profile looks like, what they're comprised of, and really what they need, that's really brilliant. Now, question for you. What about those uh, folks who say, you know, I'm interested in uh, wellness benefits, but I'm not as interested in health insurance. Have you seen a trend where people are really focused on preventative care, on wellness care, um, and how does that play into the overall health insurance arena?
1: Yes, beautiful question. Oh, absolutely. You know, now more and more people are seeking naturopathic care. Um, You know, the the focus is more preventive and less in the allopathic direction. I would say, unfortunately, the industry hasn't yet caught up to that trend, to that behavioral trend. So that doesn't really work well with traditional insurance policies, because insurance will not cover that naturopathic doctor. It just won't cover it because it doesn't fall under traditional allopathic medicine. And in turn, that naturopathic uh, practitioner will not take insurance because insurance companies are not paying them enough. So that's a situation where I see people just kind of paying out of pocket and sucking up the cost to be very transparent. The industry just hasn't caught up to that trend yet.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for being so, as you said, open, honest, and transparent about that conundrum because there are a lot of folks that are entering the workforce right out of college who may not be as interested in very expensive health insurance options, but they do want preventative care. They want wellness care. So it's good to know that, yes, that's definitely a trend that hopefully the insurance agencies and the insurance market will wake up to at some point. So, uh, nor one last question for you, if you were, and you are a business owner, a business founder, a business entrepreneur, and you wanted to offer health insurance, and you're trying to navigate this complicated maze, what would you say are the top three first steps that an employer should take to make a smart decision that meets the needs of their employees, helps them attract and retain their employees, and also helps them find a cost-efficient solution?
1: Yes. Uh, thank you. Wonderful question. I will say first thing is understand your population, like you said, then get that snapshot demographic of your employees. Who is it that you want to offer uh, insurance to? And you might want to separate that out from your key um, stakeholders in your company. You know, people who really matter, and you want to give them a really robust benefit versus maybe some part-time employees that that you want to offer them something, but not as robust of a policy as your, uh, you know, your key stakeholders. And that's okay too. To so really understand who you're working with what you want to offer them Uh, and then we need to understand business revenue and budget now you might have no idea well i don't even know how much health insurance is how do i budget for health insurance and that's okay too um, because there's definitely lots of flexible options there so understanding how much your business brings in is first going to help us understand do you qualify for government subsidies if you're just starting out and you're making 20 30 40k under 50k a year that's okay getting a government plan might be helpful because you can qualify for that subsidy and take advantage of that and that's what i advise for my clients is take advantage of the situation you're at but as soon as you no longer qualify for that subsidy let's pull out of those government plans because you're going to get hit, hit with the, in the next tax year in the following tax year if you make more than what you projected your business revenue to be you're going to end up owing in back premiums so have a rough estimate as soon as you no longer qualify for that subsidy. Now it's time to consider some private options where income doesn't come into play. Once you gather this data and we see what, you know, should we go for the government plan or the private market plan? Now it's time to see, well, how much can I afford uh, to spend on healthcare for my employees? And if that's just maybe $200 a month that's okay too. You don't necessarily have to pay 100% of that individual premium. You can say for your budgeting purposes, I only have $200 I can spend behind this employee's health care, offer them a stipend or a credit, and then have them, you know, pay for the rest of the policy. You can even have your employee be the owner of the policy and just, you know, give them that stipend or percentage extra in their paycheck. You know, there's so many flexible options, especially when your group, when you're under 50 employees, tons of flexible options there. Um, and then, of course, the last thing I will say after you have this data is work with a professional. It's it's a it's a very uh, you know complicated industry because the regulations change all the time. And again, it's state based, um, and not you just won't have access to the resources that us as licensed insurance professionals do. You just simply won't.
0: Yeah. Very smart advice. I love that. Yeah. And you broke it down into very actionable insight, very clear steps for a business owner or a business founder, an entrepreneur, a C-suite executive to be able to navigate this complicated area. So thank you so much. No, we're at the end of our time together. So we're going to wrap up today's conversation the way we do each and every Hership Global show. And that is asking about leadership advice. And as you think about your own leadership journey, I'm sure that you received wonderful, sage advice and guidance. And I would love to hear what you would like to offer our audience in terms of the best leadership advice that you've ever received.
1: Okay. Thank you. What a lovely question. Thank you, Linda, for that. And I'll offer two little nuggets here because there's two things that come to mind. And the first that I'd like to share is this year, I actually, for 2022, I stepped down from a position of leadership uh, to actually focus on my own leadership um, skills. So I've you know been in leadership for several years. And when you're in that role, there's so much to give, right? You're just so focused on giving, giving, giving to those that you're leading. You need, uh, what I've learned is I just needed to step back and realize well i need some time to learn as well i need to develop my skills in leadership and that's why i'm here part of your community i'm learning from you so you know that's my my first advice is it's okay to take a break and learn more so you can give more and i think we get swept up in that when you're in that role that you know well i'm on top so i i need to give but who you need to you know learn first before you can give appropriate sage advice. Um, and the second tip I'll share is um, that I've learned from my leaders is, is patience. And that's something that I struggle with because uh, the, you know, the challenges I've been through, the environment that I come from being in a high competitive environment all the time, medical school and constant education, it's just always go, go, go. And we want results yesterday. So it's something that I'm still working on, but it's something that I'd like to remind uh, the audience and listeners is, is you have to kind of wait for results to come through.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, what great advice, Nora. Thank you so much. And you're right, being a lifetime learner is such a key to continuing to be able to competently and confidently lead others. You have to be in a constant mode of learning and growing and advancing yourself so that you can inspire and motivate others to join you on that journey. So thank you so much. What a lovely way to wrap up today's conversation. And for everyone listening, that was Dr. Noor Ali. Noor, thank you so much for today's conversation. We appreciate you very much.
1: Thank you, Linda. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for joining Lead Hership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up speak up and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com.